Hello and welcome to the Arizona Liberty Podcast. I'm your host, Neil in Arizona. Today is Friday, February 2nd, 2024. It's about 6 p.m. And I'm going to play a interview that I recorded yesterday around the same time. And in this podcast episode, Samantha, the fit herbalist, shared her journey of discovery and transformation. It wasn't until 2012 when her youngest daughter was diagnosed with juvenile idiopathic arthritis that Samantha realized the transformative power of food, herbs, and lifestyle choices. Her path to improved health was no overnight success. It entailed months and years of navigating the transition from old habits to newfound knowledge. Through unwavering dedication, Samantha took control of her family's health, driven by the profound impact and witnessing her children's struggles with chronic issues. Her story serves as a wake-up call to the detrimental effects of the prevailing American lifestyle, which often exacerbates health problems. By rejecting the fear of sickness and embracing proactive measures for a healthier life, Samantha and her family experience significant improvements in their overall well-being. Her website is theresethealthandfitness.com. She runs the site with her business partner, Kalina. Samantha, thank you so much for coming on to the Arizona Liberty Podcast. It's an honor to have you. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Well, we had our little conversation before, and uh, I had told you I'd been following you for quite some time, I, maybe about a year, something like that. But I've been watching a lot of the messages that you put out on both Instagram and Twitter, and it's it's fun. Um, I learned a lot uh, from the different things that you put out, and I thought, you know what? You would be an awesome guest to have come on and give us a real rundown of what you do and your approach to life and, and everything. So I guess I'd like to start out by asking, you know, what is your personal history? Um, because I know that you are um, a career nurse. And so I'd like to see um, as a nurse where, you know, how all of this started. What, you know, how did you come to do what you're doing now? Yeah, such a good question. I get asked often. I will say I've been wanting to be a nurse. I wanted to care for people that were sick and needed help my whole life. I mean, from I would say at least junior high school around that area. And yeah, I went straight from high school into nursing and studied all the time, stayed in the books. I never went out. <laughs> um, I was really passionate about medicine and, and what I thought at the time was the only way to really help people get healthy or prevent illness or even treat illness. That's the biggest thing. I thought this was the only way to treat illness. And I was still a baby nurse, you want to call it. I was 21 when I first started nursing. I was graduated. Um, I just had my first child in nursing school as well. So I decided wow. to do a lot all at one time. <laughs> and then I was pregnant with my second um, as soon as I got out, I was working night shift. It was it was rough, but it was exciting because I knew this was the career that I, I worked so hard to get through. And, and it didn't take long for it to really make me feel like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? You know, I, I, I'm very much someone that can look from the outside and see lots of trends and I put things together. I don't mean to. It's just the way my brain works. 
Right. And I started to notice just like the same symptoms and the same diagnoses and the same revolving door of, you know, multiple, we would call them frequent flyer patients where they would come in a lot with the same thing. There's never any solutions. I did work in the ICU during my whole career. When I got comfortable in ICU, I started to float nurse as well. So I would go all over. I wanted all the experience. And I saw the same thing everywhere. I did see nurses overworked, definitely underappreciated. I saw patients not getting the care they deserved because the ratios were off. And obviously, allopathic medicine is only about one thing. It's about putting a Band-Aid on something and and then moving on to the next person. It's a numbers game. They just move numbers around to make them look good on paper. Mm-hmm. What's really going on behind doors, you don't ever really know because they move those numbers around to make it look official. They make it look good, but it's yeah. not. And yeah. even like, I guess I was two years in and my daughter, she was so young. I will just say, you know, stress has a huge mm-hmm. factor in our in our lives at that time. It was very stressful. The job was stressful. Being a new mom is stressful. Having to do it all. So I will say stress is a big component to this. But also this was the time where I was still very much, I was fear driven. So I was kind of, you know, coached into Hey, you got to have all your your children have to have all these substances injected into them at a very young age yeah. in order for them to live. Otherwise, they're going to die of hepatitis. So, uh, my indoctrination was pretty deep and but it was getting to where it wasn't and my intuition was starting to come through, but I was still letting that fear drive me. I was still letting other people coach me into thinking that you know, God didn't make our bodies the way that in nature is not, right. you know, very, you know, we are very divine created. I don't, you know, no matter what you think, you can say the human body is very miraculous. Um, yeah. And when you, when you start to tap into that, you start to see more miracles happen. But anyway, my daughter was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, and that's when my research began. Because okay, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have so, questions about that? No, no. It, it, so I think I understand now. Um, so that's kind of where the whole passion started. You started researching um, your daughter's um, your daughter's uh, condition, and you called it a juvenile arthritis. Say it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Wow. Or they also label it as juvenile idiopathic arthritis, which means they don't know the cause of it. They really claim that they don't know know the cause of these chronic diseases in our children. That's the big fat lie. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) So this now, I'd like to go back just a little bit. Um, You were saying that they move the numbers around like what numbers are these are these like say success story numbers or like coming out well, of the ICU or something even ICU or if you have a patient ratio they will try to make it seem like 
So they want them, they want to pay as least amount of nurses as possible so they can save money. Okay. So, okay. You, you know, and you're, you're an ICU and you're supposed to have two patients max at the oh, beginning of my career, two patients. Yeah. Two ICU patients was all you could have. And then eventually they started kind of adding here and there. Oh, you're going to have to have three patients today. And we would all rotate every month. And it was kind of, it was a stressful day, obviously. Wow. You could have three really sick people or they one could crash at any time. So the other two are neglected. And over, over the years, at the very last couple of years of my career, it was very normal to have three. Like it wasn't. Okay. You barely, you know, it was, so they just kind of inch and inch their way to it. I don't know how they justify it, but they do move numbers around to make them look right. And yeah. Okay. I can understand um, that now. Yeah. So, so it's, that's funny because, you know, when you're on, I don't know what you, the patient side, right? The patient has no idea. The patient thinks, uh, where's the nurse? Let me ring the bell or whatever it is you do in the, uh, in the hospital. Yeah. And we, we have no idea what you're up against. We have no idea that you've got, like, I would have never, I would have thought a, a nurse could handle 10 patients. You know, I, it, oh yeah. Cause I'm just, I'm just a, like a, a an unedu uneducated patient. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard. And that's why I like a big part of who I was as a nurse. I say like I had such good bedside manner and I would spend more time talking with my patients than sitting at the computer. I would chart really fast. Um, I would do my stuff at the computer pretty fast, so it wouldn't spend yeah. all my time there. Um, so I, I have really good time management. And I knew that this person is a human being. And yeah. if they feel like they need to have a conversation, then I'm going to have a 30-minute conversation. And, um, and that's... That's uh, unfortunately a culture that you don't really see a lot of. Um, it's a it's kind of a toxic workplace. Yeah. You know, um, nurses, you know, make not make fun, but they just make jokes about patients that talk too much or any of this. But I'm like, it's never really something that bothered me. Yeah. And and my patients really saw that and they liked that. I would be open with them. I'd be like, hey, I have more patients than I can handle today, but we're going to get it done. But if you need anything, let me know that sort of thing. So I think big, a big thing is to really communicate with patients, but also, you know, leadership might not want you to tell them that because they don't want them to be scared or them to know that yeah. the nurses are overwhelmed. <laughs> but, you know, if I'm not going to be back in 20 minutes, I need to tell that patient, hey, I have someone that's not doing very well. I'll be back as soon as I can, you know, that sort of thing. So I think just being open and honest with people, that really yeah. made such a huge difference. Um, so I, I, I got to thinking about this. I, I forgot. I, I do have a little bit of uh, experience with healthcare uh, workers because um, I, was, I was a full-time Army, and we managed a hospital, believe it or not, uh, but not the just the administrative side. So my my office was actually not at the hospital. We we managed reservists is what we did. So we had a lot of like um, healthcare professionals that were assigned as reservists to this unit that we were managing. And I got to, I got to know a ton of nurses and docs. And 
respiratory, you name it. I, I met tons of different people. And I'll tell you, I did, I did that uh, until I retired, uh, even as a reservist myself. So I, I knew I, I would, I met nurses that in like, say 1999. And by the year, I don't know, I retired in two, 2016. Like by the year 2016, some of these new nurses that I would meet, I guess you could refer to them as a baby nurse. They were these really kind of physically fit, vibrant, happy, optimistic people. And then when I would see them, you know, six, seven years later, they just looked like they were done with everything. They were oh checked God. out. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because Kalina and I actually speak of that a few times. I mean, it even happened to me, you know, I let it suck me in and, mm -hmm. you know, I gained weight. I ended up having an autoimmune disease myself wow. due to the, the lifestyle. And there was a McDonald's in the hospital. So that's pretty much <laughs> all you could eat. It seems like the, last, <laughs> it's like the last place you want to put in a hospital is a McDonald's. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And I mean, I was pregnant, so the cravings were bad. And I that was when I was still eating bad before all of our diagnosis. So a lot of, you know, food and then the vaccines are a lot of the issues that my children and myself have had over the years, you know, and healing from that is such, you know, a transformation to, to look and feel younger now than I did in my early twenties. Yeah. But I, and there are nurses that I graduated with and that, you know, they do let that lifestyle in that way of living just take over you know you it's normal for you to go a whole shift just to drink a coffee and not even use the bathroom you know that's the norm Crazy. and i was over there eating three four meals a day by the end of you know yeah. throughout my healing i was like i'm gonna heal while i'm still working i'm not gonna let it affect me um i don't know what it is you know why i think nurses don't have i don't think they have a lot of time to really express their emotions sure, sure like when we've had um very tragic things happen you know you're surrounded by death and you never oh, yeah. have any there's no counseling there's no debriefment there's no you just own own you gotta right. you know keep going on to the next and yeah i couldn't so, i couldn't do that profession there's no way i could handle that job it would it would eat me alive I know that it was. Fun. Yeah. I and mean, it will. And it will either way. It will. You know, you'll get cancer. You'll get autoimmune disease. You'll get chronic infections. And then by the time if you make it to retirement, you're going to probably die from, you know, a heart attack or cancer right after you retire just because of that lifestyle, mm -hmm. you know, and it's sad. I mean, I've had a few people I've known die of can nurses, die of cancer. And, you know, it's just it catches up with you. And if you don't really take care of yourself or even, I'm not saying everybody needs to step away from bedside right. nursing. I just think, you know, people have got to take care of themselves, even if that's stepping away for five to 10 years and then coming back or just sporadically coming back and forth, whatever it takes to really take your health into your own hands. Because if not, it's, you're going to end up like your patients, you know, that yeah. revolving door and you're just a number you're just just like a patient you're just a number so God, i hate to say it but it's almost like being a prison guard yeah prison and, guards do that you meet prison guards that stay in the system for a long time they start acting like the prisoners yeah i could see that it's i, I mean i just think it's 
it's so it's such a dark energy mm-hmm. it's like a little black hole you get sucked into it and if you're in it and you and you awaken while yeah. you're in it you're yeah. you're ever like in this matrix nightmare until you get out you gotta just jump out you gotta take that red pill and go and, and, you know? and so that's what happened to you then you, you so it it started with your daughter she was diagnosed with um like you said it was uh juvenile idiopathic arthritis yeah yeah um, you got it <laughs> i did my best there um and so she was diagnosed with that. That kind of maybe, maybe got you perked up a little bit. And then you said even later you got diagnosed with something. Yeah, I had um, two years later. I had chronic idiopathic urticaria, which just means chronic hives that weren't going away. Oh. Um, my throat would swell up. You know, I had to carry epipens around. What's, a, what's an epipen? Um, taking, like epinephrine. So if you're having an allergic reaction, you have to like give yourself a big shot in the thigh. Ooh. Oh yeah. gosh. So you're walking around shooting yourself with the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I still have some of those pins around. Now, but uh, Did you, did you post pictures online? Like some before and after yeah, or something? Okay. I did okay. have. Okay. So this was. I will say as a mom with chronic, both of my kids had illnesses and I did too. And this was, you know, over 10 years ago. Yeah. I was not, I was not good at taking pictures and documenting. There were, I did have pictures of my legs at one point, but I don't know what happened to them. Mm -hmm. So this is like way before to me, it was trendy to track your, your healing process online, you know? So I don't have a lot. I do have one facial picture and you could see like my face just looked disformed. It's swollen and half of my face is swollen and you could just look at it and see, Hey, that person's super inflamed. And then I can, you know, just with nutrition and herbs and lifestyle changes, I was able to answer all the questions with and leaving my doctors, you know, with their jaw on the floor, like, how did you do this? You know, we were wanting to start you on Humera and you're over here healing yourself. I only have one doctor that was actually happy for me. The other one's just kind of (laughs) like, you know, (laughs) but um, yeah, I mean, like some people, you know, some people say, I wish doctors could wear or had to wear lab coats like NASCAR racers. Yeah. And, their sponsors that's that would really open some eyes oh oh yeah i could see that yeah that's that would that would be too much people would stop going to the clinic probably yeah it would and it's it's a lot to take in and and i'm not saying i'm against all medication and right all things you know acute acute medicine is very life-saving but in order for me to live with my own personal values and the truth that I'm here to tell, it's it's a requirement for us to step away as much as possible and really restore a lot of the ancient wisdoms that have been lost due to this medication, um, allopathic system of industry, you want to call it, because that's yeah. what it is, you know? Yeah, so I was telling you at the beginning, I was, I was saying there's there's definitely like a, like a business motivation behind it, you know, the 
there's the the people that well I, I i feel that we just mentally map stuff to what we know right so you say okay you're on the outside you don't know anything about healthcare you say oh well you know there's they keep pushing these vaccines obviously it's the new world order is doing this they all want us to but but then if you start looking at the at the pathway of everything it all goes back to to companies and money and and that's why i was saying it's almost like a revolving door of money i'm sick can i give you some money here's your solution okay that patched it up kind of sorta i'm back <laughs> here's some more money you know and it's just like yeah, the cycle and you're exactly. just getting more unhealthy more unhealthy yeah and it's it's created these little minions i call them that want to protect this way and they see it as the only way and i'm trying to just slowly or i guess i'm trying to inspire people and really empower them and yeah. see the truth without degrading them like they've degraded me as being a pseudoscience practitioner you know i've been named those kinds of names with people that have actually witnessed me heal myself you know you, you've been called pseudoscience yeah. <laughs> oh, and the uh, fun. I was, yeah, I was like, ah, okay. Well, the the pseudoscience has actually healed me versus the other, if you want to call it science, yeah. has not. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so, so my wife hurt her back. She she retired from her job uh, last, uh, yeah, almost a year ago. She she hurt her back at work, and the they were sending her to the dock and. She, they they were actually giving her prescriptions and she would just take the bottle and like, throw it in the trash. And we were trying to get through this thing because of the workers' compensation, but then they started sending her to like physical therapy and she was getting worse. Like she was she'd get back from physical therapy and she'd say, God, I feel like it's just I, I feel like they're beating me up and I'm not getting anything. And then they wanted her to get a cortisone shot. And she did take one. She took one cortisone. She came back and said, That was the worst experience I ever had in my life. I can't believe I just did that. And uh, I finally just said, look, throw in the retirement packet. Forget about it. You retire, just retire. Because I think they're going to just try to give you a clean bill of health and then make you worse. And so she did. And, and she spent the rest of the time just recuperating, right? Not doing a whole lot, not lifting. And she's still healing up. She's doing a whole lot better than when they were starting to gunk her up. I say gunk you. <laughs> like they were just kind of like, it's almost like they just want to just put junk in you. And yeah, there you go. We, we, Almost like you're a car. You went and got like a lube job or something. <laughs> and it's like as soon as yeah. she just stopped, like, and, and we don't like going to the dock anyway. We like, you know, we try to stay out of the doctor's office as much as possible. So it was easy to do. Yeah, I definitely understand. And that's what, and that's essentially what they'll do, you know? Um, and sometimes it makes you wonder, like, are they doing something so they can linger out the process? Are they trying to keep me longer? You know, yeah, it makes I, you wonder. Yeah, so that that's a that's a good question. So when we were out at these uh, protests out at the Phoenix uh, Children's Hospital, the one nurse told me that she was vaccine injured from a, a different vaccine. I think it might have been the flu or one of these one of these shots. And she said that she, mm -hmm. after she got back, or after she got injured, um, she said that she told me that like if you don't get all the vaccines, they make you wear a mask all day at work, even before this whole nightmare, the COVID nightmare, and everything. I had no idea. 
I guess yeah. the patient just doesn't know. Yeah. I mean, you walk in, there's a nurse in a mask. Okay, just go in the ER probably or some, or going to the OR or something. You don't think about it, but they're masking. Yeah. They were masking people up before. So would, were they forcing you to wear a mask all day at work? Yes. Oh, Throughout wow. the whole flu season, I had to have a mask on. Oh, how interesting. Mm -hmm. how, how many but, years have they been doing that? Oh, probably eight or eight years or more. Oh, so it's relatively a new concept. Yeah. I mean, from what I remember, it wasn't like that the whole time. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was probably eight, nine years into my, you know, so maybe the first year or two in my career. And if you did get the flu shot, they would walk around and give you free ice cream. Oh, so. So. It's just I'm the strangest. Just... <laughs> well, I had a employ a, a, a coworker um, corner me before all the madness started. He, he he pulls me aside. He says, "Hey, do you want to go downstairs? They want to um, they want to give us a shot." So what shot? Why? He goes, "Well, it's a flu shot." And I went, "No, no, no, no. I'm not touching those things. Those, those things are that's disgusting." He goes, "No, no. They'll pay us fifty bucks." And I go, what do, what do you mean they'll pay? He goes, well, they'll put 50 bucks in our thrift or in our saving account, you know, our, our medical savings account. I said, they're, they have, they're going to, they want to pay you to get a shot. That, I said, that's just a, the logic isn't there. And he goes, it's 50 bucks. And I'm like, I, <laughs> oh my God, I don't know. Like, it just didn't make sense. Like, oh, they want to pay me. To no, I'm not going down there. You have fun guy. You like, I don't know. And yeah. Just, and, well, and, yeah. So would you feel kind of like, did it feel weird walking around with a mask and all your other coworkers or not? Or did they just not yeah. care? Um, well, we could take it off at the nurse's station. We just couldn't have it within like eight feet of the patient. We had to have it on when we're in the room. So I did get to breathe actual air. Thankfully. Um, you know, that's crazy. I, I had these two uh, pharmacists come on a couple years ago from um, they ran a clean room and they emphatically stated these masks do nothing when it comes to a virus. They literally do nothing. They laid out the case. So like, look, we ran a clean room. We only wore a mask. I think they, I think they wore a mask because in case they sneezed and it like, cause they were working with powder. I, I think, I think that oh, was yeah. really the only reason why they were required to wear a mask. They said that there is no, like there's no nothing. It's it's bunk. So the pseudoscience, I guess, is when you're putting the mask. Oh yeah, see, but you know, <laughs> but you know, food is medicine. That's pseudoscience. But masking is very much science. You know what I mean? It's it's ridiculous at this point. And and there were nurses that would wear the same mask all day long. You know, that's yeah. like 12 hours of the same little mask with bacteria growing on it. I would change mine out like so much. Oh, I bet. I would yeah. bring essential oils and I would put the oils in my mask so I could breathe and uh, have like peppermint or whatever <laughs> oils in my, in my mask. So it actually smelt. Okay. And <laughs> I did whatever I had to do to get through. Well, but um, when yeah. when that whole when the whole nightmare started, there was no regular. Ma I used to uh, I would I live in the desert and we live in the sand, um, and I over on my property I dig a lot of holes. Um, I guess this is what desert people do. 
and I I um would rent uh like a bobcat bulldozer, like a little mini bulldozer, and I you know I have to dig this hole, and so I would go get the the um, painter's mask, right, just to keep the the big stuff out. Well, we went down, they, and they're like, well, we don't have any of those; they're all out. Um, the only thing we have is these COVID masks, and I went, oh, I gotta. I, I thought, okay, fine, whatever. So I, t- I, I got one of those COVID masks and I wore it while I was bulldozing and I took the mask off and I had like a mat, I had like a dirt mustache uh, yeah. because somehow the sand found its way in <laughs> and I'm going, yeah, yeah this thing is not going to protect me. <laughs> it made no sense. But anyway, we could go on for mask stories forever. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, they don't work. It was it was nonsense, um, and I, I was just surprised that they were making uh, nurses wear them. And and some of these nurses I talked to said, "No, I I've been wearing this mask now for a few years uh, during, like you said, like cold cold season or something." Which is kind of yeah. weird, right? Because if it's not cold season, people don't get sick or something. Is that is that yeah, old- <laughs> that's ridiculous? There were summers where we would have so many uh, patients sick, you know, with pneumonia. But you don't have to wear the mask. <laughs> But you don't have to wear the mask in the summertime because the flu knows when to <laughs> no. come and when to go. <laughs> Lo- I-, I love it. We've got it down. Yeah. We've, got, we've got the pseudoscience down. Well, so yeah. when you've been, so you've been doing your reset. How how long has that been going on for? Like how long have you been running um, the reset? Oh, just we are about to make a year. Okay, so this is yeah. fairly new. So during when. They declared the pandemic. Were you working as a nurse? Yes, I was still in ICU. Um, oh, okay. I actually quit. Yeah, let's hear about that. A couple that. weeks after. Yeah. I did not quit because of COVID. I, mm-hmm. I quit because I was going to quit for a very long time. All right. And, oh. and I had, you know, it was weekend after weekend having three patients in a row. Um, and some were on isolation precaution because, you know, they're on, they might have COVID. So when they're on isolation precaution, you're having to gown up from head to toe with like a respirator and all this. So it's, it's a bit time consuming. It's hard to have a patient, like three patients and you're having to gown up that much because you got to go in for everything. They're on all these blood pressure medications to stay alive because they're septic. You have some, you know, you might have two patients that are septic and the one that has maybe cancer and an immune disorder. You're, and you're like bouncing around. It just does not seem sanitary or right. So I, I was like, I'm overworked. And I, I just knew that was my, my time to go. It just happened to be March of 2020. Right. So now, yeah. And would you say that the majority of the patients that were going in during that time were going because they were just scared, like, oh, I've got a temperature, I'm going to die. And so you just saw this influx of patients Um, coming in? Well, it actually wasn't any different than anything I've ever seen. It wasn't more than I've seen. It wasn't less. It was just the same old thing, you know, people with respiratory uh, disease or infections and obesity, hypertension, and a lot of co- you know comorbidities, comorbid- and yeah. they're just um, very sick people. And right. you know they come in, and you have to intubate them, 
if they don't do well on the CPAP. So you just, it was just the usual stuff, really. Yeah. I just, yeah. it just happened to be around that time that I quit. It was just, it didn't, of course, I didn't work through COVID, so I wouldn't be able yeah. to like say how it was, but I, I, I don't, I didn't hear anything, but I did hear, I knew some people and I still talked to some people that worked in the hospital. There were a lot of increased that year later, I guess, whenever the vaccine rolled out, there was a lot of cardiac issues going on more than ever. So wow. it did affect that eventually, but I didn't notice any more like sickness at the initial that winter when it all kind yeah. of started. I do yeah. remember uh, November of 2019, a lot of people around my community were really sick. My yeah. daughter being one of them, she was, I, got, I actually, got and we sick. didn't know what it was. It was linger. It lingered mm -hmm. for like three or four weeks. Yep. Um, and that's to me, that's when it all started. There were a lot of, you know, a lot of people sick that year. And, and my daughter really wasn't sick for a very long time. So I knew it was weird stuff, but who knows the truth, you know, right. Uh, at this point, you know, but I do, to some extent, I feel like all these toxins that are allowed through the policies of, you right. know, the politicians and the pharmacy, all these poisons are hurting us over time. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta take, take back your health and it's, yeah. it's a daily practice. Yeah. yeah. So the interesting thing, and this is what got us into vitamins was um, my wife got started running a temperature and this was after we went and interviewed all these nurses and everything. So the vaccines were out. Uh, my wife gets sick and she starts running a temp. I, I can't remember. It, was, it, was, it scared me. The temperature scared me too much. And so I started calling some of these people that gave me contact. Hey, if you need anything, call me. And I got referred to a, a group out here called Mercy Care in Gilbert, Arizona. And they didn't, they, I was told uh, by a lot of these nurses, like avoid anything that has remdesivir. Um, and uh respirators so they referred me to this place now this is so cool though um so she, she i she gets admitted in and i we ordered her some ivermectin like maybe a day before or something but it was like too late or whatever so we we get in and um they they did a chart on her and she was vitamin deficient and so they gave her a vitamin drip and it was mostly d I actually read it in the chart and with, so her stay was eight hours uh, from the time that I checked in to the time that she was out. They called me and they said, Hey, she's done. I went, really already? Like I, I was expecting, I was so scared. I was out of my mind. Um, and uh, I picked her up and read the chart and I said, look, I, I we got it. We got to take more of these vitamins. We can't be playing games. Um, Cause I would, I was kind of always like, type of person felt like you should take vitamins anyway and she did too but she would say well i i, I should only take one vitamin and i i, I became a handful guy at that point <laughs> um but but it made me it made me feel like okay it's really true you have to take vitamins like you can't you can't let this stuff go because as soon as she got the vitamins she was out of the hospital it was over yeah. I mean, there's a lot of benefits from vitamin C and vitamin D. If only they would give that to patients like as regular, like as routine as an yeah. antibiotic that we would see a lot of, a lot of turnaround. And 
Um, we can get a lot of our vitamins and minerals probably mostly, you know, from our diet and the way mm -hmm. we live. But I think just because of the toxic burden that we are bombarded with these days, you almost have to take some, some kind of supplement to help your yeah. body because we, yeah. we're not getting enough of it. Somehow the stressors of the toxins can help, will actually deplete some of our, you know, our vitamins and minerals in our body. And then certain heavy metals compete with certain minerals. So it's like, it's, it's hard to navigate and the supplement world can overtake us to like where we can kind of change. Let me take, instead of this pharma pill, let me take this other pill to replace, you know, a mineral that I'm missing, but yeah. we can kind of get overloaded with either one, in my opinion, but I do definitely believe, you know, throughout the winter months, if you're not getting enough sun, vitamin D is beneficial and um there you know vitamin c is very beneficial for a lot of us yeah. year round and of yeah. course whole foods would be better than actually taking a supplement but whatever right. you can do to get it in sometimes would be better than not taking it at all and then one of my favorite supplements is magnesium i feel like that's one that we all of us need to take because that's the one that's depleted the most through stress and heavy metal exposure, pesticide exposure. So wow. that's what I always suggest. Magnesium, if you don't want to take a ton of supplements, but you want to take one and see yeah. a lot of results, magnesium's the one. It's, yeah. Magnesium's a good one. Um, yeah. And and we'll, we'll get into some of the stuff that you do, uh, food, like a um, health-wise, health food-wise, because that's one of the things that I notice you do is you have a lot of um, pictures of foods, but it's not like, hey, I went to this Greek restaurant and this is the falafel. It's like, it's like uh, you're you're posting pictures of these foods that are uh, essential, and I'm, and and that's one of the things I was thinking. I was like, okay, um, I, I'm off to a good start. I'm I'm taking the vitamin pills, but maybe I could incorporate it in my diet, and I won't need to do as much pill popping. I <laughs> say that with quotes. Um, but so back a little bit. So after, so what happened during, during, when they initiated the lockdowns, um, you're, you're out of Louisiana. Is that right? Yes. Um, did Louisiana lock down hard or, uh, I think they tried, but we're, <laughs> we're a stubborn group. Stubborn bunch um, down there. Cool. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of people that were very, you know, scared. And, and yeah. I'm not saying they shouldn't have been because we've been fear driven for so long, you know, so I don't really blame people for being scared, especially if they don't have experience like I have had, you know, yeah. so I try not to isolate yeah. people like, oh, will they wear a mask? Well, you know, I awakened before all of this, yeah, thankfully, but like, some yeah. people, yeah, it just takes time and it takes a lot of compassion and um, expressing the truth, even when it's hard. And that's a big thing, but we didn't really, we did lock down some yeah, and yeah. like certain, you know, of course, gyms were locked down, but grocery stores were open. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's how it works. That's and how it works. yeah. And we didn't ever wear a mask and I got kicked out of Marshall's a few times. <laughs> um, yeah. And 
But most most of them didn't. Like if I didn't wear a mask, they didn't tell me I couldn't come in. You know, only yeah. Marshalls that yeah. store. And uh, but and there weren't very many people getting out to play like play dates. You know, yeah. I I'll backtrack. I started homeschooling in May of 2019, so a year before. Okay. All right. That's uh, right. So you yeah, see, you, you were you were already for a very long time. Yeah, you were yeah. kind of understanding that this was. Yeah, you. It sounds like you're kind of intuitive to a lot of things. Like you said, you recognized friends pretty quick, and so yeah. So it caused you to homeschool. Yeah, and then that happened. My kids were like, "What is going on?" And we had one family that would still meet with us, uh -huh. and. And me and her became like best friends. Um, any chance we got, we took our kids to the creek. They climbed, and that. Right. And guess where they moved? Right. They moved to Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they came. You know, Arizona was weird. It like it, it locked. It it was. It depended on what county you were in out here. You had uh, Cochise yeah. County, which is the stubborn bunch. Then you have where I'm at. Yeah. I'm in Pinnell County, and we're we pretend to be stubborn, and then. Maricopa was just, it's like LA County. It's, it's a mess. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I'm thankful that, you know, I'm thankful that I made such a strong friendship during that time. Yeah. And my kids yeah. still got to play because if they didn't get to play for that whole year, that six to nine it would months, been, it would have been horrible. Oh, it would have been so much harder on them. Oh Yeah. So, yeah, we didn't isolate. We didn't not have play dates. We didn't mask around our friends. We didn't do any of that. We yeah. actually did the opposite. We started washing our hands less. and <laughs> You became rebels. Yeah, I was like, whatever. This is our time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it, it was really locked down, but we are, we're not far from Maricopa County. We, it's from my house to Maricopa County is like, I don't know, like two, two or three miles away. And it, it was literally distinct. Um, if you drove over this street called Meridian, it the the tone changed, like the tone of the world changed. You you could just feel it. Uh, all the companies were shutting down really early, really early. So almost like a curfew. I'm like, what are we living in? Like during the like, 80s of El Salvador or something? Like, is there like, are the contras coming out? It it would just seem so strange. And um, and then over in our area it was. We had one guy open his house up to be a petting zoo. He had all these little docile kind of farm animals, so he was letting kids come over to pet the animals. So it's like you said, almost almost like it went in reverse in some ways. Yeah, it's like that that COVID curfew, like uh -huh. like only, COVID only comes out at night. Yeah, <laughs> like shut it. That's what we didn't understand because we wanted to get some tools, and we went to the tool shop, and I'm like, "What? Why is the tool shop shut down? It's only like six. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a, I called it the angel of death, right? Like the uh, you know the uh, the story from the Bible. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. It was it was very dystopian, wasn't it? And it still has it ever. It's it's still to a certain extent. It's changed things it really in a way has. that my children like have seen it, you know. And it's it's hard to see it like that, and it's it's hard on our kids. Like I'll say, like the kids that were around that age, you know, eight, nine, 10, mm -hmm. and now they're teens. That's the hardest. I feel like that's the hardest group of people that have had the biggest issue because they've missed so much of that. Yeah. 
that normal stability, like, you know, children, childhood to teenage years, you know, that experience, you, they missed right. a lot of it. That's terrible. I mean, terrible. I mean, we, yeah. when we were at some of these, uh, um, these rallies, like, w- w- so we were holding rallies and things like that right in the middle of the lockdowns. Um, you'd, you'd have 3000 people at a rally and these girls came and this is before I started the podcast. I, or I was getting ready to start it or something, but anyway, these girls came and told the story about how, uh, their parents were against the lockdowns, the mandates, and they, they were forced to go to school on zoom. So their classroom was like ours, right? Like our session now. And the teacher looked at each student and said, Hey, that's the same background. They're, they're going to school in the same house and they got in trouble. Like they got disciplined for not social distancing because they were in the same living room, basically. Yeah. Somehow the teacher was able to recognize the walls and they got disciplined. Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so that was, they were instant homeschoolers. Their parents were like, well, we're homeschooling now at this point. I, and they were, they were very depressed when they told the story. I mean, one of the girls started crying uh, when they were telling the story because they were like 14 or 15. They're, you know, they're, they're yeah. girls, they're girls, right? They want to go hang out and be social and yeah. things like that. <laughs> and, yeah, um, that's... and I, w- I was just surprised they got disciplined, <laughs> but that's the world we were living in. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's never going to be the same. And it's almost like it's okay, but it's it's hard to accept and then mm-hmm. create a new path, you know, because what everything, the life that we knew was like shook, it was shaken up, you know, even more so. I shook it up the year before by homeschooling, but then it really shook it up, yeah. you know. So You're, you're probably relieved uh, to be homeschooling. Yeah. What, what motivated you to do homeschool? I interviewed a, a couple ladies uh, that have a home, uh, a bookstore, a homeschool bookstore out in Phoenix. And I, I, I've always been kind of a homeschool advocate because uh, a coworker of mine uh, used to get made fun of because his son was homeschooling, but his son, his son became a, uh, a software program. I think at the age of like, I think on his, like right before his 18th birthday, he was, he was doing what people out of the university do, did. And I'm, yeah. I'm, and they would make fun of this guy at my work for homes, having his kids homeschool. I'm going, well, they, they seem to be quite successful. They would tell them like, oh, they don't know how to socialize. They don't know this. And I'm, I met these homeschool yeah. kids. They're bright. They're smart. They're very, they have great social skills. So yeah. What, what, uh, what got you into homeschooling? Um, I just, they were always... They, I felt like they were always kind of sick or just extremely oh. tired. And I wanted to do it when they were younger, when they were really sick, but I didn't, I didn't advocate strong enough. And I just let, you know, let other circumstances dictate that. And then I had, I'd had enough. So I, um, my daughter ended up having to have an, a, her appendix out a year or two before because she was just so stressed with school and um, she's very much an empath. So she feels all energies of, she feels the energy of the room. I mean, and she had just created this hard shell around her and she wasn't releasing her emotions 
appropriately and it was just hard. So we started homeschooling then. And so uh, or not obviously, long after, like two years after, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously you were, you were, uh, you know, waking up or whatever it was, uh, before everything. And then I'm pretty sure the lockdown or whatever, or the, the COVID nightmare pretty much made you go. Yeah. Con confirmation. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, like, and yeah, I was like, my intuition was right. You know, we always have this gut feeling and a lot of us are told to ignore it because you're made fun of, you know, Yeah. if, if you think outside of that. And when you actually jump and go and you don't give a damn, <laughs> it feels really good. And it, and it proves to be right. Like it proves to be the right way for you and your family at the time. So, yeah. So, um, so, sh so you're like, when, when was your daughter diagnosed uh, with her condition? About when it was, was that? 2012. Yeah. 2012. So, oh, yeah, yeah. you've got it right there. 2012. So, 2012 was when you really started uh, looking into things. Um, and then by that 20. That was the first time I. I think that was the first time I ever Googled anything, really. Like, oh, really? Know, yeah. Like health wise. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. You know, when. When a mom is sick, we kind of push through. But yep. then when our children are sick, you know, we will do whatever it takes. We'll walk through fire yeah. to figure out. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's what that's what I did. Yeah. And then so that's that probably was part of your you know, I when I talk to people at length about this stuff, you come to realize that most of us were kind of awake anyway. We just hadn't yeah, really acknowledged it i think and and i think uh probably 2012 was like a good maybe a good starting point um where you started to to um look into her uh idiopathic arthritis and i mean did you like when she was diagnosed with it did you just you immediately obviously questioned it because you said that that's when you started googling stuff so were you able to correct it or anything or yeah it took me a few years though because wow. Um, I wasn't aware of like how toxic and how many ingredients were in vaccines. I would, I really didn't question them. Um, okay. Yeah. This kind of, okay. This ties to vaccines. Yeah. And she had just gotten her, you know, 15 month shots. And that's when things started to happen. Oh, so she was very young at 2012. Yeah. Okay. She was so, under two. She was under two before, and oh, she was diagnosed before her second birthday. Oh, that's yeah. terrible. Okay, so yeah. I have her uh, like a uh, uh, the same coworker that I have that wanted me to go get the shot. He he <laughs> told me recently that his daughter, like he has he has a like I think his daughter's basically going to become two, and I, I think he said something like she's had, I don't. He said a crazy number of of vaccines, like he said a number to me that I just I went. Wait, wait, wait! That many vaccines are in your daughter? I don't know the number. It's it's high. I mean, I want to say like twenty or something. Does that sound right? Ah, uh, I don't know. They're adding so much, and if they can get flu shots every year now, so that's another one that's added. I didn't realize. I was thankful. I never really. I never gave my kids yeah. the flu shot. You know, kids are getting flu shots every year. Sometimes some are getting one in the fall and one in the spring. Yeah. Did, did you so, did you by any chance grow up in Louisiana? 
Oh yeah. Born so, and raised. So I, I'm sure your uh, flu shot was go outside and play. <laughs> I would like to say that, but yeah. mm, I, I think a lot of people take the flu shot. Oh really? Okay. But, when, when you even when you were yeah. when you were growing up, did did you have to get flu shots when um, you were growing up? Nah, that yeah, you're right. We were just outside a lot. Yeah. yeah. That um, was our medicine. Yeah. Go outside. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so now, now it's just, it's just like common practice to get the shots over and over again. I, it, it I, I think I, I, like I noticed maybe like 10 years ago or something, I, I had made a remark, like I don't get shots or something or, and I was actually, I found myself getting chastised by coworkers for even voicing that. And I'm, I'm going, what are you talking about? Who, who in the world goes and gets shots for no reason? Like it just, yeah. it just, but people were, it was becoming, it was, I felt like it was becoming like a religion for some people or something. Yeah, most definitely. And I almost, I, I mean, me and my children kind of fell victim to that to yeah. some extent you know, for a long well, being, time. And yeah, being in the and, healthcare setting, I bet it could. Yeah. And I, I even, you know, I was asked by coworkers, why aren't you getting the flu shot? Sometimes it was the same people asking me the same thing every year. And I'm like, you already know why. <laughs> you just, it's like you, you're you gonna know? you carry a little card with you when they ask you, just hand them the card I and want, walk. <laughs> I should have. Yeah, I should have. That would have been funny. But you know, a lot of the people that there were a few that wouldn't get it every year and yeah, they they seemed healthier than the ones that did. The ones that really got them every year and they were very, you know, by the book with medications and <laughs> taking antibiotics frequently, they were the sickest during the flu season. So I, I caught on yeah. to that, that trend really yeah. fast. When, when I was very young, um, I I can't remember why, but I had to go to the hospital and get a, a uh, antibiotic. But I remember the, do oh, I know, I, I got bit by a spider, I think, on my toe. And the... The doctor said, okay, I'm going to give you an antibiotic, but I don't want you getting them all the time. And I went, okay. I was relatively young. And, uh, and my mom told me later, well, you can only get an antibiotic so many times in your life because after you get an antibiotic too many times, like your body gets immune to it. Or some, she said something like that. And I just always assume stay away from antibiotics unless you have to have one. Yeah, and that is true. I mean, it depletes you too over time. And it's... It's hard to recover from those, you know. Oh, okay. It, it really it kills so many even beneficial bacteria in your gut. So it's it is best to stay away from them as much as we can. And I was I was on them every three months or so and really? steroids for a long time oh. until twenty thirteen or maybe yeah. So I've been nine or more years or ten years without any of them and it feels really okay good. so i used to go to urgent cares and have to get you know fluids and yeah all that so crazy so somewhere down the way probably 2012 time frame you were kind of started going down this path waking up and and so you were working as a nurse and you were already taking control of your life while working as a nurse mm -hmm. and and that did that just change like the way you ate and like your intake and and you you started working with weights, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. So you started working with weights way back then. Yes. So I actually healed. I healed myself first with food, 
It okay. wasn't very long until I started seeing relief from my food and my teas that I was drinking. Okay. And I started okay. exercising because I started feeling so good. I was like, I'm going to just do everything. And I don't, I wasn't, I was doing it for health reasons, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and then I got to where it was like an outlet for me. This is my stress reliever. This is making me stronger. It's helping my immune system. I will say that adding muscle to your body will increase your immune strength. So building muscle is key for a lot of us. And a lot of us are don't have enough muscle. I know I didn't. Yeah. I had I, I like, hardly in any upper like body that. strength. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't take <laughs> much to build it. It just yeah. it can yeah. it can seem like, oh, you gotta be like all in to see results, but you really don't. It doesn't take a lot of time or effort. It's just you just gotta get in and make it a part of your weekly routine. But yeah. Yeah, like right now, I, and I, I think I got this on one of your uh, videos that you put out. Like, uh, I, I think I think you said something like, uh, "Weight weights is really the way to do it. Cardio is kind of, I, I don't know if you called it like it. I can't remember how you said it, but like basically, cardio cardio doesn't do a whole lot for you. Did does that sound about right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, something like that. I'm sure I said something because <laughs> if you're just doing cardio. You're not really building muscle. Yeah. If anything, you're going to lose. Yeah. You're going to lose some muscle, and oh, yeah. you're going to retain some fat, even though mm -hmm. you could lose a lot of weight. Um, but if you do it the other way around, where you weight lift and then you do some cardio throughout the week, right. or you do your daily steps, that's where the magic is. That's where you rebuild and strengthen your immune system, and um, also you know help prevent chronic pain you know because mm -hmm. muscle weakness is an issue and posture is an issue i know i suffered with all that i used to have to take ibuprofen yeah, you all that day almost yeah, every day yeah so i had a lot of spinal pain i had joint pain you know that sort of thing but a lot of that was what i was eating so i was very inflamed but also it was weak muscles too and poor posture okay. so the funny thing is before the pandemic I was, this is going to sound funny, but, but yeah. I, we're members at Planet Fitness. There's one down the street and I worked with weights there. I would go in four or five times a week. I would, I had a routine. I would get on the elliptical or whatever for, you know, 15 minutes where I get going. And then I would head over to the sit-ups area and I, I was doing weights, weights, weights. And I wasn't like a hardcore with, uh, like I wasn't magazine material or anything, but I would, you know, I felt really good. Um, and then when everything hit, I mean, one of the things I did was I went to Planet Fitness to go work out and they're like, well, you have to wear a mask. I'm like, okay, you want me to run in place on a machine and wear a mask? <laughs> I guess this doesn't make sense. Yeah. And so I quit on the fly. I just said, I want to cancel membership. And they're like, yeah, don't let the door hit you. They were, And so I, I, I left. And then at that point, I don't have weights in my house or nothing. So I'm just... I, that's when I went cardio at that point. And of course, I gained weight. I gained 30 pounds doing cardio. <laughs> Um, because I was oh, eating yeah. more of it. I started eating bad food, you know, because, you know, that you, yeah. you're just depressed and, um, yeah. but now, you know, once again, like you're doing all these videos and you're showing these like, you know, pictures with weights and stuff. And I'm like, okay, since I'm never going back to a gym, um, it, I guess it's time to just get a weight set and, and start. Oh, yeah. I, I have like I have a um, chin up bar and and some stuff like that that I'm doing things on, but yeah, I'm I'm actually ready to go out and get some weights now. 
Yeah, that'd be great to have it at home too. It's so nice to just step outside and, uh, you know, 30 minutes of weightlifting and then you, you just feel that the endorphins start pumping, you feel better. Mm -hmm. And then you're ready to like, if you're doing it in the afternoon, evening, you know, you're ready to cook dinner and have a good yeah. time. You're just, you just feel so much better when you do it. And cardio is good. You know, cardiovascular health is good. Yeah. So circulation, yeah. that sort of thing. But I'm talking about, you know, people that can overdo the cardio, like yeah. long distance runners and all this. And it, it can be, it's very hard on your body. You know? It is. Um, and it, it, the sad thing is I, it's kind of therapeutic for me. I'll go on six mile runs. Um, yeah. It's definitely a lot easier to run six miles when you're 30 pounds lighter, but it, I, I do like, I know in the back of my mind when I do these runs, you're only doing it really because you like running. Like you're not aiding yourself. You're not making yourself, you're just having a good time running down the street. Really. That's <laughs> <laughs> so not really a challenge. Though. <laughs> I know what you mean. I, I mean, I love to sprint. I like to sprint run, like run, oh, okay. jog, yeah. run, jog. Mm -hmm. I'm more of a sprinter. And I love that. And I feel like that kind of helps build your quad muscles a little more than just running steady state for a long mm -hmm. time. And But if you are going to run that long, you need to make sure you're eating a good meal before. And then you need to have something in between, like in yeah. in the workout to replete or replenish like electrolytes and minerals and stuff sure. and then after you're done make sure you eat something really good that's what i tell people but i've noticed a lot of people that do that neglect a lot like they'll drink a cup of coffee go run and then eat a bagel or something <laughs> you know it's just there's no protein you know and it's yeah. not consistent so you just gotta fuel your body like if you want to challenge yourself and run i'm not gonna stop you but yeah, you need to make course. sure you're eating yeah. enough to to make make it worth it you know like let's not starve our bodies more than, right. than they already are what, what do you think of I, I know that you recommend weightlifting and i'm not trying to get out of weightlifting or anything i, I know that, that that's a necessity uh, that i need to take on what, what do you think of like bicycling i mean is, i think is that, every, is that the same think, as as cardio is that basically just cardio uh i guess if you're you're doing like just straight shots and you're not really working your legs, you yeah. know? Yeah. I see what you mean. I mean, or are you burning or your legs burning, you know, like, yeah. Are your quads burning? Like you're doing some extensions on the machine. Yeah. And that's why I think, I, like, say, yeah, I think that's good, why you yeah. say weightlifting is good because you will do that. You will do that with a set of weights. You'll do it in a half hour and it's over and then you can go do you, yeah. you know, your leisure bike ride. Or whatever. Yeah. And I even, I've been doing bike riding this week, actually, and we go uphill and I'm just make my legs burn. I go kind of slow, yeah. uh, burning my legs and then we'll go fast downhill. So it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. I think have, I think having a variety, having fun with yeah. it, just being a well-rounded athletic person is the best. You know, you don't want to just focus on one thing all right. the time. So you got to keep it fun. Got to keep yeah. your body guessing. Like, what is she doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So can you tell me, um, so you, you decided, you know, at this point, like, uh, you know, the, you quit, you quit being, you quit your respectful job as a nurse. I've always had the utmost respect for our healthcare workers because without people yes. like you, we would, well, without people like you, we might be dead, but, um, 
you decided to move out of that and and so can you tell me about what you started like what your um um like your reset health and fitness like what how did you get that going yeah and you know i i feel like for a very long time i was a misfit Mm-hmm. I do appreciate and I worked with some really great nurses that love their job and they're okay with the way things are. And that's fine. You know, and if it wasn't for people like that, we wouldn't, like you said, we wouldn't, a lot of us wouldn't be alive. We wouldn't have life saving yeah. things for people that have heart attacks and, you know, strokes and, you know, things like that. I would have lost family members most likely. Right. So I just right. want to, I do want to say like, this is not me hating on the profession mm-hmm. that's for sure but it's just not in alignment with what i'm meant to do with my time here on earth and um i just started before then before i quit i was kind of coaching people i would mm-hmm. meet them at the gym try to help them lose weight i would tell them what i'm eating um, in the nurses station or the break room, like, how are you seeing all these results? You yeah. know? And I don't know how you do it. You have willpower. I don't, you know, all <laughs> these things. And I was just, I got to where I was seeing like more and more people really want and need to hear and feel empowered and, and be led in a different direction. And way before I quit, I studied some nutrition, became like a holistic nutritionist. Okay. Uh, some functional medicine. So I was learning more about labs and supplements and what what deficiencies cause different things. And I even studied breath work. And yeah, that's another that one that's a type of. I'm yeah, hearing that a lot nowadays. I, breath work. Oh yeah, and you hear like it's almost like everything that I've been living for a while is like really popular now. So it's really cool to see it coming you know yeah that's nice yeah and um i will say the breath work has been another pillar in my my strong foundation that i've rerouted myself and my daughters into something strong and we're unwavering we cannot be uprooted ever you know now because we know too much we implement it and we see it they even see it you know my daughters can listen to their bodies and know what they need and that's powerful that's that's you know that's a powerful weapon that we have to have under our belts for future generations and we've got to we've got a lot of work to do and this year i want to really push and educate as much people um we're meeting weekly with people locally just as a free meetup, health week meetup. Um, okay. uh, okay. Yeah. So that's what, what I'm kind of veering off. So what, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, um, just like how you had gotten this, this whole thing started, you left your profession. Oh yeah. And- yeah. And then I started, you know, I started studying herbalism some, and then I just yeah. took it really in the last four years, took it really, or maybe five, yeah, five years, taking it really serious. And, and I see it like, you know, all herbs have so many different properties and a lot of them can help us and aid us to get us where we need to be. Of course, you know, treating the body as a system, as it is, you can't Mm -hmm. feed it crap and then take herbs and think it's going to be better. You know, it's another bandaid if you treat it that way. So just taking it, 
as an aid and as a guide to get you to where you need to be. And, and then to keep you where you need to be, because there are a lot of herbs that you could take daily that are actually beneficial and help your body respond to stress and toxins. So, well, that's really neat. You're meeting up with the community, you know, the, the local community. Yeah. And then of, co- of course your website, the reset health and fitness.com. You even have a program that you can, people can enroll in. Um, and like you said, yeah. you're, you're doing and, one-on-ones with people. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, so, and, that, that's, that's amazing. So you actually have people approaching you and saying, I'd like to do a one-on-one. Yeah. And it's, it's really nice to meet people and see, um, and listen to their stories, see mm-hmm. what they're going through. You know, a lot of people are suffering and they have a lot of issues and they, they do have a lot of doubts and people like me, you know, because I'm not a doctor and right. um, I'm just a mom and I'm a nurse that has been very good at digging and, yeah. and learning and implementing. And I know what I, I have done can benefit thousands and thousands of families. We just, right. you know, got to keep showing up. And I guess in 2021, I met my business partner online and oh, okay. Kalina. And it was about, there was this doctor calling people um, really bad names <laughs> on social media. If you didn't mask or you or you're not going to take the vaccine. Isn't that crazy? And, and I was friends with this doctor. And then I saw this Kalina, I saw Kalina comment and that doctor was being mean to her. And I just took up for her. And then we started chatting in the DM and come to find out she lived like a couple hours away from me. So we were oh. literally in the same state, you know? So it was, um, and then we kind of just hit the ground running. And then last year we were like, we really have, she used to be a physician assistant. So we really okay. have, a really good unique approach because we've seen so much on one side and we see what needs to happen. Yeah. And between her years of experience and she's been in the fitness industry for 20 years. So she's hmm. really good with like weightlifting posture and muscle balancing and, and just uh, being a really strong person and role model for people because she has so, relentless like she's like we've got to stay focused on the goal you know you can have these you can have a life and you can enjoy it but if you really want health you've got to stick to your routine and so that's what we kind of it just kind of rebirthed itself it kind of we were like people need a reset and then that's how we named it and well the word reset is nice yeah because you know the great reset or the oh the new world order. Yeah, that thing too. Uh, well, I, I remember, um, like I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the words. I, like, I feel like some people are just intuitive to what's around them and stuff. Like, I feel like you're one of those people. I feel like I kind of too. And it, it, it was just odd because I'm like, you know, I really need to do something. I need to, I, I need to starve for three days and just walk away from all this junk I've been eating for the last, you know, the last like year or whatever it was. Um, you know, just eating food. I never thought I would eat. I, I couldn't believe I was, and you know, and I still stepping on the scale too. So I'm just watching the weight go upwards, getting more frustrated. But, um, but what I like you I, on your site here, you know, you have this, uh, this book, um, is that like for sale anywhere or is it just part of the program? 
this book yeah, that's called the, it's, it's called the using nature as medicine the art of using nature as medicine yeah, yeah that's my herbal ebook i wrote that last year mm-hmm. yeah it's it's on it's under the shop people can oh, it's order in the shop. it okay, if, they, awesome. if they do join the program we give it to them but yeah that's really neat um and so so um you you've been doing this now for about a year and and it's is it starting to pay off is it starting to yeah people that implement it really see huge results yeah. and they're not just seeing results they're living it, the lifestyle you know people we've had a year ago are still living it yeah. and still losing weight you know and that's really good feeling better really so it's and it's not extreme it's not keto it's not carnivore it's it's just eating what your body needs at the specific time. So your macros and making sure you're getting your meals and your calories in each day. That's the most important to see the results that people are desiring to see. It just takes more time. Um, so this, so do you think after doing what you're doing now, do you think you would ever find yourself going back into the nursing practice or is that pretty much just a piece of your life that you did and, you're now moved on to something else. Yeah, I'll I'll never go back no. to any any type of bedside nursing or take care for yeah. patients like that. I would I wouldn't well, go still back just like, because you, do you have to maintain the the RN certificate and stuff like that or Yeah, I still I renew that every 2 years. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not going to get rid of it cuz mm-hmm. I I worked hard to get it and I'm yeah. proud of it and yeah. you know and I have a family to support and that sort of thing. So, well, I'm hoping that eventually, um, somehow, because out in, out here in in our area, there are quite a few nurses that did something very similar to what you you're doing. They they walked away from the profession, and some are very depressed about it actually because, that you know, it was it. I I think nurses are kind of like a, a, a like a special breed, like. They, they live the life like it's not it's not like something like oh you know i i do um i don't know like i i'm i don't know, name a profession and i i do that you know eight hours a day five days a week and it's it's a good profession i'm very proud of it but nurses are like they go to bed as a nurse they wake up in the morning they're a nurse they're they kind of don't turn it off yeah yeah you don't and and i noticed that about you know first responders are like that too yeah you know? very much you never turn it off my dad's a, a retired fireman and, is it really? Yeah, and I remember even as a kid, he would be off duty if he saw you know someone in trouble or if there was a house on fire, he would stop and run in, you know, yeah. with no gear. You know, <laughs> you're just always on. That's just the person he is, and I always like he's always been my, I guess my hero. So yeah. I was well, like, I'm gonna be something like that. <laughs> well, you are, and and you you did I think like what you like what I would call the hard time, and then. And then you're doing this now, and that's what I, you know, I, I, I have a rough time. Lo- I, I need to do more research on this, but like, you have um, these different fields. Like you have homeopathic, and then you have like a like two others. I think that I can't remember the names. What are those now? Like functional medicine. Yeah, there's naturopath. A, there's, naturopath. There we go. That's the other one. And then yeah. there's there's like another one I keep hearing about, but like. Is there a difference yeah. between the two, like homeopath versus naturopath, or are they just 
They're all pretty similar in my opinion, but naturopaths will, I think they use, you know, herbs a lot and some supplements and functional medicine. They'll use a lot of supplements like capsules and stuff. Okay. Um, Okay. That makes sense. That, that, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's still medicine in there, functional medicine. So it's kind of trading pharmaceuticals for supplements kind of thing. There is lifestyle approaches and nutrition is, you know, but the focus seems to be like, let's dig deep on all this lab work and then treat it like that. And then you're on a supplement for a long, maybe for life. But um, that's just my understanding and how I see it. I just, I'm getting to where I don't want, I don't want any of that because that for one that complicates it, that puts the power into someone else's hand versus the person that's suffering. My goal is to really empower the person to see the, the power that they have, you know, there's the simple things. Like I'm telling you the most simple things that you don't think will see, you know, will help you see results will like, you don't have to do extreme diets or measures yeah. to really see results yeah. right now. If you can wake up and have warm lemon water every morning with some sea salt, maybe some kind of juice that's going to help your body, an herbal tea, and you do mm-hmm. breath work every day, and then you cut out all processed carbs. I mean, yeah. pretty much, you know, I do advocate very much going gluten free if you're like scared to try a lot of things. If you just go gluten-free, you're going to see a huge drop in inflammation within that first week or two. People lose 10 pounds in two weeks because they yeah. they cut out gluten. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of gluten. So in that's my, in, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I, I was going, I was messing with gluten during the, during the, my weight gaining process. But like now, now um, when it comes to, like what you're talking about, functional medicine. That might be what I'm thinking about. Um, I've I've known quite a few people over the years. They'll go, like you mentioned, lab. They'll go get like a lab result, and then they'll give the lab result to this specialist of some sort, and then that person will say, "Yeah, and you'll you're taking you need to take these particular supplements because your levels aren't." And you're saying that no, that's kind of not, that's not really a good approach. It's. Yeah, I mean, you're still relying on a lot of outside sources. I know food's an outside source and herbs are too, but it's not, it's something like food you can grow or you can buy local or herbs you can grow your own and buy local. Um, Supplements are not that easy to make, you know, at home. Yeah, that's true. It's not something you want to be dependent on. Like, how do you, how do you heal your body and restore it without adding so much outside Okay, that makes sense. Capsules to it. Yeah. So that's what I talk about. Like you can restore and replenish so much just with eating the right amount, helping your stress levels, doing your breath work because your lungs are a detox organ, helping them, helping your lung capacity, and even restoring your your nervous system by doing those things can really help you relax and that helps restore a lot of health too. Okay, so it is is breath work like through meditation or something? 
Yeah, it can be anything. Um, you could be stretching and doing your breath work. You could sit there, you can lay there just as long as you're focusing, you're not looking at a screen. You're not like, Hey, what's on Twitter. And I'm doing my breath work. You're not doing your breath work if you're on Twitter, cause you're okay. going to be shallow breathing from all the chaos. Ah, but, um, okay. <laughs> but like if you're, yeah, just being outside is a really good option to do it too. I love to do that. And just, sitting there, you know, eyes closed and just taking slow, deep breaths in and out very consistent, like a wave as okay. consistent and rhythmic as possible. And doing that five, 10 minutes, working your way up to 20, 30 minutes a day, wow. however much time you got. Okay. It really restores your nervous system so much. Really? And a lot of us need help with that. Yeah. Well, that makes sense of like, you know, the respiratory system, you doing these heavy breaths and then you're, you're hanging on to them maybe for a little while. Is that what you're doing? And then yeah. it's just kind of releasing it into your, your, your body. You actually give, you actually, rather than like blowing it back out, like you said, if you're on Twitter, you're, you're hyperventilating while you're on Twitter or something. You're, yeah. you're actually like yeah. consuming the air, the oxygen and, and everything that's with it. And it probably replenishes your blood cells or something or. Oh yeah. yeah. Oxygenates your brain and everything. Okay. Do, if you do breath work, for five minutes, I'm mm -hmm. telling you, maybe even two or three minutes to start with, and you open your eyes back up, you almost feel like you're just like you just woke up again. It's oh, that wow. much clarity. You're really oxygenating, and then you're you're toning your vagus nerve, and you're helping your parasympathetic nervous system kick in instead okay. of being in overdrive, fight or flight all the time. Yeah. It really helps your body respond to stress and people can start doing breath work right now. That's free. You know, you have yeah. your lungs, you have your, you have your nose and your mouth. You could start your breath work right now. And that's a free reset for your body. So I always tell people go gluten-free, start your morning routine with the lemon water mm -hmm. and do your breath work. You're going to see huge results. It's just a matter of holding yourself accountable and being consistent. Yeah, I, I've noticed, and this is all, I, you know, I hate, it sounds like I'm focusing on the pandemic time period, but it's just, the world is different now. And I hear different complaints than I heard in 2019. In 2019, you'd say to somebody, hey, how you been? Oh, we all went out this weekend and we went and saw, you know, a tourist attraction or we did whatever. And then now I yeah. talk to people and I'll say, hey, how are you? And they'll say, oh, I don't know why, but I, I, I always feel like I have to take a nap or like I, that, that's a general conversation I have with a lot of people. People are like wow, tired yeah. and you notice yeah. that too, is that that's not just me and yeah. my own little bubble. Yeah. People are very much tired. I think it's our, our spirits are tired. They're wore mm -hmm. out. They're asked like a lot, a lot of us are living in, well, I say us, you know, to yeah. some extent, we all kind of are in this box and your, your, your soul wants to escape it, you know, oh, yeah. and it will manifest its way in inflammation, sickness, depression, anxiety. Sure. And if we sure. don't find outlets to really help that, we're just going to constantly be tired. Yeah. Like when you're not, be, when you're not feeling fulfilled, you can have all the sleep in the world. But if you're not fulfilled in what you're doing every day or who you are, if you're lost, you're, you're going to be tired. It's exhausting. Yeah. And then and then if you're toxic, overloaded, you're even more susceptible to that type of mentality, you know. So it just it's a lot. 
it's a lot that needs to restore the health of Americans. It's a lot of work to do. Yeah, when when you start, basically, you started your your lifelong studies. I think like in 2012, obviously, and and I mean, it it, it sounds like you just discovered like so much since then, and then now you're just kind of able to put this information out. Um, yeah, I uh, I really I like to really make sure what I'm saying is not going to lead people in the wrong yeah. direction. So I try to wait a while. I mean, I, I mean, I didn't wait a long, long time, but I, it takes a while to build your confidence to, to really show up for other people too, especially in a world that, you know, belittles you all the time and right. calls you names, you know, it can, it can wear on you. And then sure. it's like, do, do I need to show up for people or am I, am I going to neglect my kids by doing so? What am I? So it's this constant battle as a mom, like where, where do I give and take, you know, I don't want to give too much of myself yeah. to everybody yeah. because I did that for so long and it got me very sick. So. Do, do you experience a lot of criticism online? Do you run into um, that? Not really. No. Well, that's not good. Really. To hear. Yeah. Um, thankfully. Yeah. Well, it, it was weird. It was like for a while there, um, when, uh, you know, when this whole thing was going down and people were, you know, you know, avoiding this, the vaccines and, and all of this, the weird protocols that they were recommending, it was like, there was this constant, you know, people belittling each other for not following these bizarre rules. And, um, I, and I, and I, I've got this written down as one of the questions that, and it's, it's really do you think a lot of us in general like rely on a lot of conventional wisdom and then that just kind of makes ourselves just more unhealthy because we we're just it's almost like we're basing rules on rumors and and just yeah crap that comes out of people's mouths. <laughs> yeah, exactly or like I've been here longer and I'm older than you so I know better because yeah. I said so kind of yeah. Um for sure. And, and it's all by design, unfortunately, because it is, uh, it's, it's always back to the money and to those companies that yeah. profit from that. And they've made it popular to call people like myself, pseudoscience, um, anti-science, you know, um, it's so weird oil cells. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The terminology is just, it's, it's extreme. Mm-hmm. And and we're and, and the other one is anti-science. You're anti-science. Yeah, but I I mean, there's a lot of Twitter hate. You know, I, yeah, I have been on that where you know people that are very pro-vaccine have attacked me, looked up my business, and really said they're gonna like you know threaten. I, of course, I block those people, report yeah. them, but. Not that many. Uh, I'm surprised. I haven't, I've actually, I've met a lot of good people on Twitter. So I'm thankful. It's just, you always going to come across those people that are so scared to admit when they're wrong or they're yeah. scared to see yeah. the truth. Either one of those. Some people just are ego driven or some are just yeah. very fearful. Yeah. So they're defensive and you got, yeah, you got to just take that as it comes. But um Yeah. In, in my life, I've said so many dumb things. Like, I, I just automatically assume I might be wrong when I start talking. 
Oh, I feel the same. I mean, that's why I've been, to me, I feel like that's why I've been overlooked or belittled so easily because I used to doubt myself. Even when yeah. I know I'm right, I would still doubt myself. It's right. just my personality is who I am. I'm very humble. And I'm like, yeah. I'm always, yeah. you know, I'm like, well, maybe I could be wrong. But to me, that's very pro-science when you're like questioning even yep, yourself sure. and your discoveries and your, you know, your livelihood and your, your way of living. And it's not like I'm trying to push that on everyone. I feel like right. everyone can have their own reset in their own way. They just got to know the basics and that's what we teach. And, and the conventional ways don't, don't even want to, they don't want this getting out, you know, right. this is very basic information that we all should know. We've all should have been taught this in school, how to yeah. listen to our bodies, how to eat. We weren't, you know, we were very, even my parents say, I'm so glad you've discovered all this, you know, you've taught us and I wish we would have known what you, what we know when you were younger, you know, you could have been healthier, but I mean, it is what it is. We, there's been generations of lost information and we were recovering so much like the ancient knowledge. I call it ancient knowledge because that's what it is. We've, we've missed it for yeah. Four generations now, at least, maybe more. Yeah, it's kind of it's it's weird because I would have never thought. I don't know that like we that we're lacking information that somehow we just threw it out in in yeah. a world where there's so much technology and information is literally like right there. <laughs> you just put your hand up and there's some information over there. It's, yeah, it's and how I like this, how I kind of look at it too. Like when you when you give a child four options they can't decide but if you give them like two options then they can be like i want that one so it's kind of like that the more information we have the harder it is to choose and the harder it is to feel what is truly a good way to live and eat and Mm -hmm. and how can i restore this health that my ancestors had and i don't and people were like you know our ancestors had it rough well yeah they did in some ways they did and but they knew a lot that we right. we don't know, and it's it's stuff that could really transform lives. Now that we have the technology to do it, and you know, merging the two together, that would be the best. Like bridging, yeah, sure. That gap, that's that's a, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, I, I mean, even like, you know, like if you read the Bible, for example, you know, the, there there's like mentions of like. I don't know, like in the New Testament, for example, you know, there's like, they talk about Rome and Greece and all of these different civilizations that were active and, you know, communicating with each other in different ways. And they always mention there's always a physician on the side. They mention names of diseases. So you're right. There there was like knowledge back then. And it's only, it's like, for some reason, like they were obviously healing. They, you know, people were able to heal up if they got something. So we did lose yeah. something. We we because because now we're now we're at a point where I mean cancer is like everything. It just seems so elevated. Yeah, and no, it's I, it's lifestyle, but it's also all the poisons that are allowed yeah. now. You know that are they're spraying the skies more and more. And I yeah, that used that to be a conspiracy theory. You know, <laughs> well, you because you'd go outside, there'd only be one. Yeah. And then nowadays and then, I go outside you know, and the whole s- stupid sky is like graph paper. 
Yeah. And I'm like, I never knew this. The sun wasn't this hazy every day. <laughs> and by the end yeah, of the day, you can look at, you know, you can look at the sun because there's some kind of haze over it now. Yeah. Like, it's, it's this ain't right. Yeah. And people get weird symptoms. And so, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm curious too. Um, what, oh, that's what, that was the other question I want to ask. Um, I know we've been on for a little while. Um, but, uh, like what, what is one thing that we're told all the time, uh, that, that is just completely wrong about our health? What is like the one assumption that we all assume that's just way off the mark? Is there something that stands out? Like, um, like, is there a health practice we all take that's just way wrong and we all do it uh, for the most part? Is oh it- Yeah. Um, not letting a fever run its course or as mm-hmm. soon as you get an allergy type symptom, taking a antihistamine or as soon as you get a headache, popping a Tylenol or ibuprofen, those things, Oh, okay. they're just like immediate, like, and they're like, my kids could sneeze a couple of times, yeah. you know, and have like just the sniffles and, you know, a long time ago. I would be like, oh, they need they need Benadryl tonight, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but now it's like, oh no, they're fine. I'm not giving them anything. <laughs> I'll just make them some tea. They'll eat some chicken noodle soup and they'll be good. And that's exactly what happens. They're fine the next day. When you when you get away from using those things, you actually overcome so much more so fast. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, um that, you know that has happened throughout the years. Like I used to be total opposite, you know, yeah. I used to worry about everything. Yeah. Um, and that and probably had to do with your setting, you know, where you worked and. Yeah. And so I, we, I, I mentioned this to you before we got the, before we got our conversation going on. on um, is there something that draw that like, what do you think of the keto diet? Yeah. I mean, my thing is it's an extreme diet. If you're going to be doing it all year yeah. long, it's not very seasonal. I like to live with the seasons. Hmm. So I kind of like to eat, you know, most of the time what's in season or what can I grow or what can I buy local yeah. or even at the grocery store. I think variety is key. Um, our body needs carbs. Our body yeah. It yeah. needs it cellularly to stay hydrated. It needs it for protein, uh, for protein synthesis and I mean, muscle retention. So you, you do need carbs and okay. hormonally it, it affects people, m- women more than men. But um, just from my understanding and how I feel and my intuition tells me to tell people, you know, stop thinking everything has to be so extreme. Yeah. To see results. The only reason why you're seeing results so fast with keto is because you're cutting out so much processed flour and sugars. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because you mentioned that before. Yeah. Like if you could do that and still not feel so deprived and then you're on, you're on an up, you're on like a downhill then, you know, if you do keto for a while and then you want to go back to eating some carbs, you're going to gain some weight back because your body's just like, you know, and long term, I think high fat diets could be very harmful for people cardiovascular wise. It seems we like to it think about, like, yeah, like, you know, your arteries and uh, plaque forming. So it's important for us to have those cleansing fruits and 
the proper amount of fats in our diet. I'm not vegan. I'm not vegetarian. Yeah. I yeah. do. I do eat meat. I eat all, all the food groups, except I don't eat wheat flour. Um, because I feel like the ones that are the, the wheat that's grown in America yeah. is very hard on our gut. And then it's sprayed a lot with glyphosate. So, or glyphosate, however you want to say it. Yeah. And oats are yeah. sprayed a lot too. So that's another thing. I used to eat a lot of oats, even though they're gluten-free, I try to avoid them too. So yeah, like any oatmeal oats, you, you want to make sure it's organic and mm-hmm. gluten-free. And then you should still, you know, just be cautious on how you feel. But oatmeal should be fine, but it is heavily sprayed as well. There are a few books out that kind of talk about it, yeah. but um, I won't go into detail. Yeah. But I will yeah. say, like, I to see results, long-lasting results, longevity, hormonal balance, um, happiness, because we should enjoy our foods. Sure. And we should have balanced foods. We should have treat meals. And the the more consistent you are having all of your balanced meals and then when you have a treat meal treat it as a treat but also don't kind of do a healthier version of it if you're really wanting to yeah. see results and you're you learn over time you you overcome this addiction to food um i am a recovering carboholic so <laughs> you know and I sugar, can relate. sugar addict addiction was bad too and i've overcome that i was actually talking to my parents about that today and they were like you overcome like you overcame such a bad addiction because it took years to overcome like to think about a donut it took me years to get over now i can look at a donut i'm like oh i I don't even need it so but back to keto or carnivore or whatever if people want to see long lasting results and not feel like they're depriving their bodies, feel hydrated because yeah. we need some carbs yeah. to feel hydrated. Okay. To really feel good. Um, you have to really just do a basic approach, protein, fats, and carbs for each meal, doing that balance yeah. throughout the day. And you're going to see, um, Results that make you feel good, that make you don't, you know, you won't feel weak. You'll actually be able to lift weights or run. You'll right. feel energetic and you'll sleep good too. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be real respectful of your time because it, I don't, oh, I don't yeah. want to eat up your whole evening. Um, I don't know. Maybe you could come back sometime and, and talk about gut health because that was, that was another thing that like you talk about it's at gut health. I think gut health might be, you know, you probably talked for three hours on gut health, huh? Yeah, we can talk about gut health and um, a new discovery they made in the brain. The lymphatic system is huge, and they've made a discovery where they, they in Copenhagen, okay. that there's a, a barrier, there's a membrane in your brain that they call a subarachnoid lymphatic-like membrane. Mm-hmm. And... It so your lymphatic system pumps toxins out and it's your sewage system during the day. Your movement yeah. helps sweating, you know, this sort of thing. At night, your brain detoxes and okay. it shows like sleeping on your side helps it get rid of the toxins easier. That's why this is very important information to learn about the blood brain barrier and certain foods that help detox our brains because they are very. There are certain toxins that get in there and poke holes yeah. 
Yeah. And this is called nervous system disorders, neurological disorders, inflammation. So blueberry, wild blueberries are one of the best things that you can consume to heal your brain and your nervous system. So that's I saw what a video. I suggest. Yeah, like, I saw one of your videos on that on Instagram. You talked about blueberries, wild blueberries. Yeah. So I'm like, just get you some wild blueberries, make you some blueberry water every morning. And uh, you'll you'll feel really good, like the mental clarity, start detoxing. It might be mild detox symptoms, but you'll feel good. So that's always something I like to talk about too. Eventually, like gut health, lymphatic health, they all kind of all work together. And yeah. when we can support all of it, that's when we restore the health. And when, instead of just focusing on one body system, so yeah, yeah, I, I have to say, Samantha. Of all the people that I hear talking about health online and stuff, I I I I really believe that you've got to be the most balanced person I've talked to or or listened to talk about it. Everybody always has this, like you say, like an extreme approach to it. Like you know, it's the salt diet. You're gonna only eat salt for two weeks, or, or you know, or, yeah, or, or it, like just crazy, like just really crazy sounding stuff. You have the hardcore carnivores. Yeah, water fasting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, just, uh, yeah. you know, I, I was being a little extreme about the salt thing, but. Um, yeah. Nobody do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just, it, it's, it's always like, like some, but you're, you're actually saying, no, just keep it balanced, you know, keep things. It's good to have a couple carbs, you know, you know, maybe not a gluten carb. Um, but, and that's, um, and that's why I was going to yeah, ask you also you about so like, good. what's that? I said, thank you so much. That's, that's really a compliment that oh, good, I want to be that thermostat for people. I mean, it's, it takes a while to, for people to see how easy it is because we are, we are focused on extremes. We feel like only, we can only see results with extremes. Yeah. That's just what we've been taught over the years. Sure. So is it, yeah. is it okay to pop an Atkins bar in your bag on the way to work and, and, and have that, you know, uh, I don't know, like a, like nine or something. Is it is is it a good is it an okay thing or the, is that stuff toxic or? Oh, Atkins! I would not <laughs> eat Atkins. Really? But they probably have, I think they have like oils, like veggie oils and canola and stuff. Do they really? And yeah, I was curious. Yeah. Oh, so that it's bad stuff. It's just a bad stack of stuff. In those yeah, bars. I mean, if you want to have a treat, like if you want to have a treat meal. Yeah. And you want to you want a bunch of M and M's and Reese's peanut butter cups. I'd rather mm -hmm. someone go eat an Atkins peanut butter cup. <laughs> but yeah, um, they have other peanut butter cups or things like that that are healthier, like sweetened yeah. stevia instead of yeah. the Atkins processed stuff. So I always just say look for the healthier version of the Atkins, and you can find some. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm. I'm on the go a lot. And so I'll grab something. I don't know. I like, that's why, that's why I think I need to start digging and doing more research. You know, I'll grab like, Oh, that's a bar. Oh yeah. That, that'll, that'll do good. I, I got to eat breakfast. So I'll just grab like a, I don't know, like a bar. And and I, I you've talked bad, yeah. not, not bad, but you've mentioned like coffee is not good. <laughs> so, oh yeah. I still drink. Yeah. I drink coffee, but we can definitely overdo it. You know, I can, and if you're not buying organic coffee, then you're uh -huh. exposing yourself to a lot of other toxins and molds. Um, green tea is a really good. Matcha tea is another good alternative to coffee. If you're still wanting caffeine, especially afternoon, it has 
a clean energy versus a crash like coffee. But I love yeah. coffee. I grew up drinking it. I I don't think it's bad, but you can definitely overdo anything. So, so coffee in moderation tell is... Tell people to be mindful. Yeah. yeah. Coffee in moderation yeah, is... Yeah, coffee. Two, two pots yeah, a day, I mean, that's it. No, I'm two kidding. pots a day. <laughs> no, I, I do you know, have large cups when I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love my espresso. Like, I love to get up and have espresso and stuff like that. Um, well, yeah. Like I say, Samantha, I, I've stolen so much of your evening. I don't want to, like, you know, steal the whole thing from you. Um, but I, I, I just really appreciate you coming on here. I'd love for you to come back on and talk more when you have more time if you're up for it. Yeah. For sure. We can we can pick different topics. That'd be great. Yeah. Th your videos are great. Um, you, you did one on testosterone. Uh, I watched it like last night. I thought that was just really cool. Um, talking about like people are I, I people are obsessed in their testosterone levels and you're saying no, no, no. It's it's there's yeah, just so much there's even a lot of there's a lot of women and that are being like led to have TRT and HRT. Uh -huh. because they're having postpartum depression by really popular fitness health yeah. uh, people yeah. on IG and other places. And these people are, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be harmful if it isn't already it's synthetic and it's an addiction. There's, there's a book out. I forgot the name of it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's called testosterone, the next drug epidemic or something like that. And oh, okay. I have to look it up. So I'm definitely going to get your book. To, oh, thanks. I, uh, I, yeah, I talk about men's health in there too in my book. Um, and restoring, we can balance testosterone yeah. and really restore it with food, um, food, weightlifting, and certain herbs that are beneficial, you know. Yeah. And people need yeah. to know that we are going to age. We are going to. Oh yeah. Eventually age and we can't reverse that. You know, you right. don't want to pump it all your life and have like your 75 pumping testosterone. Right. You know, it's just right. like what's it's just it, it's um just another thing to make money and get people dependent on it cuz you really can't get off of it, you know. It, it's once you're on it, you're on it for life. And th yeah. these people that I'm talking about are my age or younger. They're like 30, 33, 34, yeah. and they're on it. Yeah. As a, a young mom with two young kids because you had postpartum depression. You can't tell me that. You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. But that's a whole other topic. We can right. talk two hours on that. Is, <laughs> is, is your, is your, um, is your, is is your market more towards women or is it women and men or well yeah it's women and men it's women i've and always men. yeah i've always just kind of to i guess spoken to women as mothers because that's how i felt called but at this point we help men and women okay anyone that's ready for a big change and yeah. has had chronic yeah. issues and is tired of the ups and downs and the extremes that's where we that's where we focus yeah and your site here i was just kind of browsing the site uh, real quick too um like your site the the reset health and fitness there's a blog there and it looks like you update yeah. it regularly it's not two years old um there's yeah. really recent entries on there uh some of these were questions i asked you and you answered them <laughs> Like uh, you talk about oh, vitamin yeah. D, 
decrease in appetite. Um, there was another one I just like saw. Um, oh, what was it? I, I saw it and I was like, hey, we were just talking about that. Oh, keto or carnivore. There's, oh, there's yeah. an entry on there from the from November. Um, so anyway, yeah, yeah, this is this is really neat, Samantha. I, I didn't realize that you had this site. I would have probably already surfed it. Um, but I intend on yeah. getting getting your book and looking at these herbal supplements you have and you have a lot of you've been posting stuff pictures of like uh on your counter you've got pictures of your pop of your um your powders and different herbs yeah. and stuff like that so i'm anxious to go through it and grab a few things myself i can't wait yeah let me know if you are if you don't know i can maybe send you a few samples or something all right well either way um i plan to get some stuff so this is really cool. I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad we got to talk and everything, and I would love to have you back on. You're, 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 you're just as nice uh, as you appear online. You know, you have like this really nice message and everything, and it's, and your your videos, you're very insightful and everything. So I really appreciate you coming on. I, I hope anybody that listens to this gets a lot of information out of this and learns some things. Yeah, thank you so much. It's well, gosh, Samantha. <laughs> yeah, I, once again, I, I thank you so much for coming on. I really do. I, I could, I could listen to, I, I could listen to like a four-hour lecture. Yeah, maybe one day, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks again, Samantha. It was so nice. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening. All right. Thank you.